0: You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. through the Gospel of Luke, and today we are in Luke 4, 31. i going to read out of the ESV. You can read along if you want, or just listen if that's easier for you, like it is for me. So Jesus has been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. He has gone back to his hometown. They have ousted him, because they don't like his mission to Um, Go ahead and, and reach the Gentiles, which is really a thing that's going to happen later in Acts. But Jesus has already foreshadowed it as the very start of his ministry. And then he goes out to start doing ministry in the power of the spirit. And verse 31 says he went to Capernaum, the city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down in the midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed. And said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Now, this would mess with your head if you saw this in person. A lot of times we always think like Jesus was the original exorcist, and that's actually not the case. There were exorcists all throughout Jesus' time, and they had ways of trying to cast out demons, they had rituals and all kinds of things. Uh, There were Jewish exorcists. I believe there were other kinds of exorcists, Uh, but they would try all different kinds of tactics and constantly struggle with getting demons out. So they would try to find names of other deities and try to find as sacred of a name as they could, and they adjure these demons to come out by the name of this demon, hoping that stating a higher power would then force this demon to have to obey that higher power and leave. But that doesn't work. Why? Jesus told us himself. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Because people used to tell Jesus, hey, you cast out demons by a higher demon. And he's like, oh. Maybe some of Jesus' strongest words on sin right there. All sin can be forgiven. Back in the Old Testament, there were some sins that you would die for. But me, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, all sins can be forgiven. You won't die for them, except one. Do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. In other words, Jesus is like, do not call the Holy Spirit a demon. When I drive demons out of people, I don't do it by some other demon. I don't do it like the other exorcists do. I do it by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit of God. Do not compare the Spirit of God to a demon. And so Jesus comes down hard on that particular sin. All sins will be forgiven, but that one. And, you know, is he over-embellishing? Maybe. Um, But he clearly sees that as hugely important there. So for Jesus, when he walks into this room and he doesn't do any ritual, he doesn't do anything that the Jewish exorcists are used to. He doesn't call out some other deity. He doesn't try to kick the demon out of the person into a pig and then drown the pig in the water. So the demon then has nowhere to go, which was something that Jewish exorcists would do. Sound familiar, by the way. (laughs) Um, Jesus doesn't do any of that. He confuses people because he's like, hey, Damon, shut up, go away. And usually you would expect, since this man is fully manifested, you would expect that he would begin to freak out and make a ruckus in the room. But instead, it says he fell down and there was no harm to him and they left. And that was it. This would have weirded people out in that time. Look, your understanding of how common and regular demons are is based on your culture. The trick that I have seen demons uh, lean into in American culture is that they just try to stay hidden. Because if you can find something that's spiritual and pinpoint it as science instead, then they can hide behind that. And so the trick that they often use in America is just like use these enlightened people to make them think that we don't really exist. I know that this is their trick because nearly every deliverance that I have done, we have this experience. The person will fully manifest in front of me. I will command the demons to give me information. I will cast them out. I will know things about the person that they never told me because the demon has, I have forced it to tell me. And despite all of that information... After we cast the demon out, more often than not, the person, now that they've been removed from that moment, will go into a state of saying, well, I just had a mental episode. Maybe that wasn't really real. Uh, Maybe um, I just uh, uh, bought into the emotion and all that. And sure enough, from that point on, they then kind of open the door back up for that demon to come in because they're unaware that the demon's been saying, you're just crazy. I'm not real. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, you're not real. Okay, I'm coming back now. You know, like I've seen that happen. Nearly every time. Not always getting back in, but people get into the science state. Now, if you go to another country, that's not the case at all. Just like everybody sees this demon manifest, like, wow, Jesus kicked that out really easy. That was their society. They were aware of the demonic. In other countries still today, people are well aware of the demonic. They have witch doctors. They have people who pursue the supernatural. They have legends around their town of the things that... Uh, people have done through the occult. They are used to that kind of conversation, and it would weird them out if we went and told them that it was all science and they were just crazy. They would be very offended (laughs) by that because it would not match their culture at all. And it does not match the biblical culture either. But Jesus, the Gospels show us time and time again, Jesus is the ultimate exorcist. All these other people got to do all kinds of things to get the demon out. But Jesus just tells it to go and it goes. Is there ever a time in the Bible where that is not the case? Over and over and over and over again, from the stories that we know about Jesus casting out demons, he just tells them to go away and they go away. And the Garrison demoniac is like the extreme story to really try to communicate nothing is stronger than Jesus. When it comes to names that you cast demons out by, the name of Jesus is the name above all names. Because when Jesus goes to the garrisoned demoniac, he comes in contact with hundreds, hundreds of demons. And when they rush up to Jesus inside the garrisoned demoniac, what does the garrisoned demoniac do? In many ministries, people get injured doing deliverance. I have seen walls punched through. I have seen uh, um, one demon once took my phone and I thought I was going to crush it on the floor. <laughs> uh, how will I explain this to my wife when I get home? I do not know. Uh, I, they, they usually act out. But when this hundreds of demons come before Jesus and the Gerasene demoniac, what does the Gerasene demoniac do when he's manifested? Hundreds of demons bow before Jesus and say, please don't torture us. Do you envision that when you read the story? A man so demonized that there's hundreds and they rush up to Jesus. You think they're going to punch him in the face. And instead, they're just, please don't kill us. (laughs) Please don't hurt us. Hundreds of us don't hurt us. Because they know. They know. And so Jesus does the ultimate exorcism. Sends them into pigs, just as usual. Drowns a pig in water, just as usual. Hundreds of pigs, demons, demon pigs. <laughs> Hundreds of demon pigs are now dead, and they're gone. Jesus is the ultimate name above every name. The garrison demoniac was dealing with a lot of stuff. By all means, if we were to look at him from a scientific lens, we would say he has mental health problems, he's cutting himself, he's bleeding, he's living inside of... Graveyards, he's running around naked, he's chained up and he breaks the chains, he's at the top of hills screaming out, howling, people hear him all throughout the night. By all means, we would be like, he has mental problems. But Jesus saw something deeper. He knew that this was not science, though I'm sure science was also a part of it. Science and spirituality are not exclusive to one another, they work hand in hand. Jesus knew that this was spiritual. And he happens to be the name above all names. And the Bible is clear time and time again. It doesn't matter if you're dealing with something spiritual or scientific. Jesus is still the answer. That's why when you go through the Gospels, it usually says that Jesus healed every sickness and disease and cast out every demon. Because what demons are, it's basically spiritual sickness. When you touch a stove and you burn your hand, you know, I shouldn't touch that again. That's science. When you don't forgive someone and you begin to grow bitter and a demon gets in and begins to cause you spiritual pain, you know I should forgive someone. That's spiritual. I'm, I'm touching the spiritual stove right now. It is dangerous for me to hang on to this bitterness I need to let go. And I think that's the main reason that demons even are allowed to torment us. They're to wake us up. And if we don't wake up, they will destroy us. Because a thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He has been a murderer since the beginning, and he will continue to be a murderer. That's the way that Satan works. He has no concern for us, he only wants our death. And that includes, especially, people in the church. In fact, where did Jesus cast out this demon? In the synagogue, among the Jews, people that come to worship God in a service. The church people of the Jewish world, that's where Jesus started casting out demons in Luke. We have to become aware of the spiritual pain or we will succumb to the spiritual pain. Now, here's what I have found interesting in my own um, journey through deliverance ministry. When I go and tell people, tell demons to leave people in the name of Jesus... They don't always do it. And this took me a long time to try to like discern how does this work out. Because when I read through the Gospels, they leave every time Jesus says to leave. It's just the name above all names. And so I would wonder, like why why aren't these ones leaving? I remember one manifested once, smirking at me like it always does. And I begin to, um, this, this is like two months into dealing with the same demon, and I'm getting super annoyed by it. And it's always telling these mean jokes, and I'm getting annoyed even more. And so I say, in the name of Jesus, confess that my authority is higher than yours. And he just shuts up. He looks angry, stares at me, glares at me. In the name of Jesus, tell me that my authority is higher than yours. Continues to smirk. And so I just kind of touch it, just slightly. And it's in severe pain. Like, I can cause it enough pain that it will legitimately pass out, and I have to make it re-manifest just by me touching it. Um, each demon has a different kind of weakness this particular one was touch and it would say it hurts when you touch me, stop it and said, then tell me that my authority is higher than yours and it continued to refuse until finally it was in enough pain that it said well, first it started with oh, are you beginning to wonder if your authority is higher it said, no, I just want you to admit it out of your own lips and I was like, oh, it got mad. <laughs> And then finally it's like, fine, 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 stop it, stop it. Your authority is higher than mine. It's like, okay, now go away. <laughs> um, but we weren't done dealing with it. We weren't done dealing with it because we still had to deal with all of its roots. And this is what Judas started to show me is Jamin, you want to cast out a demon by my name, you have to do it my way. It's not just my name that will give you the ability to cast out demons you are then coming to me as your guide as to how to pull these demons out. It's not that you don't have the authority, Jamin. Even demons admit you have the authority, Jamin. But when you say, go in the name of Jesus, you are then sending them to my feet. And when I see that this person's still bound up with unforgiveness, that this person still has a lot of pain that they have to cope with, and I know as the king of kings that if I cast this demon out, the door is just open. It will literally just walk right back in because they haven't dealt with the things that this demon represents. Jamin, if I just cast it out, they'll walk right back in. What's the point? And I started to realize that many times. I would tell this particular demon, go out the door in the name of Jesus and say, okay. And it would. And then I'd call it forward and it would show up again. And I realized after a while, the door's just open. And it was like, okay, step out. I step back in. I step out. and step back in. For so long, it drove me nuts. Until finally, we found its roots. And the reason it took so long to get rid of this one is because it was stuck behind a repressed memory. Jesus had to teach us how to get a repressed memory back, how to deal with it emotionally, and then that thing had no rights. And I remember the day, uh, the day that I said, okay, Jesus, is it time? He's like, yeah. And I said, all right, this demon, than was its name, which is a Greek word for death. It's a death demon. Uh, Thanos, yeah, think of that. Um, said, "Than, go to the feet of Jesus." And the person had this vision of the thing just came with this giant bag of all of its stuff, <laughs> and it walked up to Jesus, and it looked at the person and said, "I'll be back." And then it walked out the door, and it didn't come back because we closed the door behind it. Jesus wants to cast out demons. He wants to heal people. That's a big part of his ministry. As he proclaimed in his own mission statement, he's come to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He wants to free people from the demonic. He doesn't want people to be stuck in it. But we got to be open to working with him to bring about that inner healing. And here's one of the things that I think we run into a lot of times. is We just think, like, well, God's omnipotent. If he wants to get rid of a demon, he's going to get rid of a demon. Sure. You can apply that to literally anything, though, in this world. God's omnipotent. If he wants Jackson to be able to come to fruition and have more life and poverty be alleviated, he could do that. But that is not the way God has set up the framework of his world to work. And if one thing I've seen in deliverance is he's continually affirmed me of, Jamin, thank you for going with me in this. We are doing this together. I remember um, one day there was a, a demonic oppression on a person that had gotten so strong. It was just, it was out of control. Um person was finding themselves kind of at their bottom every night, being attacked by these demons over and over again. And they had just had enough. And uh, um, they fell asleep while I was working with them. And you can believe the story if you want, or you can just chuck it out the window. I know it sounds weird. The Holy Spirit, though... Um okay, re-explain. The demons had this way of putting this person to sleep, as I would work with them, so that they wouldn't heal Every time that we found this spot, here's what we need to work on. Confess these words, repent, they would fall asleep. And I just remember praying out loud, Jesus, this isn't working. I can't even get them to say the words. And so the next time they fell asleep, believe what you want. The Holy Spirit manifested in the person and grabbed my hand. He's done this about seven times this year. Grabbed my hand and explained what to do and there was one night where things were just so tense he said "Um, you have been faithful but we need to give this person a break you and me forcefully remove them and then do not leave their side and then they woke up I'm like weeping (laughs) 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 Jesus call me faithful what, what happened we're going to cast him out but we still haven't closed that door we still haven't dealt with the root so Jesus knows it's too heavy right now he's giving us a window to take a break we're going to cast it out and uh, then we're going to come back and continue to deal with it we cast it out um, the attacks that would come every single night did not come for about five days And then sure enough, they returned back in and we continued to work through things. Um, But Jesus was clear to me that time and a few other times, like, thank you for working with me. When I sent them to Jesus, they went straight to Jesus because Jesus in that moment was like, yeah, I'm going to kick him out. But he still asked me to do it. You and me forcibly remove them okay Jesus however you want to do this and it was inter- it's been an interesting time in deliverance because I see the ways in which the Holy Spirit is, is trying to like um, work with me and any clients that we work with to try to figure out like okay let's try it this way and see how they react to that and then we'll move into another one Another step and continue to heal and heal and heal. See, this is the Jesus of the Bible. Everywhere he goes throughout the the New Testament, when he comes across demons, he casts them out. Uh, And it continues into the rest of the Bible. That as Paul's walking down the road and someone's manifested, he casts out the demon and uh, continues on his way. And I imagine that demon went back into that person later because that person was not even a Christian to fight it. Um, But Jesus dealt with the kind of stuff that that hurts us. And we've talked about demons before. The things that usually give them power over over us are things like unforgiveness, bitterness, um, sin, unrepentance. And if we want to remove the spiritual sicknesses from our own spirits, then we have to actually go through the antidote, which is what the Holy Spirit has for us. I see that you haven't forgiven this person. Well, the Holy Spirit comes and says, I'm going to teach you how to forgive. I see that you have a lot of hate in your heart. Well, the Holy Spirit comes and says, I'm going to teach you how to love. I see that you have this sin in your life. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, I'm going to teach you how to repent. It goes beyond that, too. I'm going to teach you why this sin is even in your life in the first place. Sometimes we're born into sin. Sometimes there are uh, family demons, which was even an Old Testament cultural thing. They knew that um, they would call these gods to live within their families. That's a generational kind of demon. I know people, I've cast out demons where it's like, demon, tell me how you got here. And they'll say, it's through the mother and it goes back several generations. Okay. Okay. So let's figure out all the ways in which you've partnered with this demon. Let's sever its contract to your life and then kick it out. Because Jesus doesn't want demons to stay. He wants us to have healing. He wants us to have fullness. Jesus came to bring us life and life abundant. Demons have come to do the exact opposite. So I know I come preaching scripture. I come preaching culture and I come kind of discerning through some of my own experiences, but Jesus is the name above all names, and that's where you need to be grounded, because it doesn't matter how many demons you come across in even a single person. If you can stay grounded that Jesus is the answer for whatever you are facing, then you can lead these people through healing to be able to break those things off. Furthermore, if these people, um, these people have to be willing to do it, though. So, what is it that Jesus means you to give him? It may not be demonic. It may not be spiritual. It may be scientific. These things all are wired together. But what is it that he wants to chisel out in your life today? Because we all need inner healing. And it just so happens that the name above every name is a healer. And as the Bible says constantly, over and over again, he healed every disease, every affliction, and cast out every demon. So God and close your eyes and I want you to go to Jesus. If you don't know what I mean, I mean imagine him right in front of you. Paul tells us that our spirit is inside of us and search of the depths of our hearts, and that God's spirit is inside of us and search of the depths of God's heart. That means that in the same way you hear your own spirit's thoughts, which are usually thoughts or daydreams or anything like that, so you can hear the Holy Spirit's thoughts or daydreams and things like that. So imagine Jesus. And once you have him, here's a few things to try. And stay there just for a few minutes until you feel like something has maybe come to you that was more surprising than you thought. You can say, Jesus, would you give me a word? And then just listen for any single word that pops into your head. You can say, Jesus, would you speak to me? And then see what dialogue he begins to give with you. Or you can say, Jesus, I don't know what I need to give to you, and I'm going to try right now. And if you do that final step in your little daydream here, you're going to reach into your chest. I want you to pull something out. You don't know what that is. We're asking Jesus to show you what that is. And once it's in your hand, recognize what it is and give it to Jesus and see what he does with it. So try each one of those steps for a minute or whatever one works first and then we will wrap up.